Good Monday, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Studio B at the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah for our Week 8 edition of the Coordinator's Corner presented by JCW's The Burger Boys. Coming up on today's show, we'll review Saturday's home setback to Arkansas, get Players of the Week, and look ahead to the Cougars' first ever trip to Lynchburg, Virginia and a Saturday meeting with fellow FBS independent Liberty. And to do all of that, we visit today with BYU defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki and offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick. And we start things out with BYU's DC and D tackles coach Elisa Tuiaki. Coach E, good to have you back in. Thanks, Craig. Well, uh, one of the tougher days you've had as a DC Saturday uh, against Arkansas? It, it, it's the toughest day that I've, I've had in seven years. I mean, we, you know, we, we gave up more than 50 points, which is the second time it's happened in seven years. But the last time against Toledo, we won. It was a win, yeah. So, um, to- totally different uh, uh, feeling. But but uh, the feeling during the game was the same as the Toledo game, which is we didn't have an answer. Uh, we weren't playing well, and and uh, Arkansas was a really good team. BYU had won 18 straight games when they just scored 30 or more. Usually 30 is a pretty good number to get to. But like Kalani said, 52 is, is, is the tough number. That's it's a, just 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 too high. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, it's, it's. I mean, they're they're obviously a, a great team, um, and you know, in hindsight, you go back and look at things that you, you hope you would have done a little bit differently. But um, we just we, we weren't playing confidently. Uh, calls didn't matter in the game, and we kind of just went round and round about what to try differently, and it just it just didn't work. And so we've got to get back to. Uh, a point where we're playing more confidently on defense. I know sometimes it's it's hard to play be confident when you're when you're banged up and hurt, which our, our players are banged up and they're battling right now. But we've got to we've got to be better as coaches, and I know the players players want more as well. When you did start thinking back on it, um, what did you think would have been done differently, and how much could you not do in the course of the game that might have been different? You know, I, I mentioned it while I was, I was in the box room on the headset, and uh, it was just didn't have an answer. And I said, uh, I said we. If you told me we would have scored 35 points, I would have sat and dropped eight and made them earn it the whole way, and I think we would have won. And that, you know, that that's not the answer. It's just how much of, of that can you, uh, you know, taste good to you during the game. You know, how much can you how much can you um, play that? But it's uh, when you're in when you're when you're facing a team like that that goes fast, that uh, where you're you're blowing assignments, you're not playing with good technique. Um, I mean, everything that could have gone wrong that game went wrong. And, you know, we even went to some of the coverages were a little, that were a little bit safer and, and just still blew coverages. I mean, one of the, the touchdowns we gave up came over the top of a corner playing cover three, and it's just, you know, um, eyes in the wrong spot and just bad. And, and whatever the case was, it just, it just wasn't good. And so uh, when you're in those type of games, I mean, it's really difficult. And it's, uh, it's nice, I think, to have kind of a catch-all just to back up, regroup, just – you know, you may be bleeding a little bit, but you're just giving your, your players an opportunity to keep everything in front and rally and tackle. And I thought that, um, you know, sitting sitting in a drop eight would have given us an opportunity to do that. But, um, but, you know, talking about it before, leading up to the game, felt like you don't want to play drop eight because this quarterback will sit back there and pat the ball and throw it. But he ended up doing it anyways. And yeah. when, we, when we went, uh, you know, four-man rush, five-man rush, six-man, six-man rush, almost – almost got a sack and gave it up and he still made plays and so it just it was just a tough tough game overall I think for for all of us on defense uh, coaches and players and and uh, I mean it, it was unacceptable we have to be better we know we need to be better um, and we've got to work hard these these next couple of weeks because the standard is high and, and we know that we can play well we're just just the confidence is shot a little bit and we've got to get it back. 
So you said toughest day in seven years. Not that I'm going to have you catalog all the teams you face, but when you have to rate Arkansas as an offense to prepare for, having seen them, how good an offense is Arkansas among the ones you've had to coach against here? Yeah, BYU? I mean, they're a great offense. You know, obviously, just the, with the weapons that they've got, um, the scheme that they run, I mean, it's really difficult to really difficult to keep up with. And um, you know, we, we talked about uh, as as a staff just going in, preparing for these guys felt a lot like preparing for a uh, an academy school. And mm. you know, it, it's not they don't run the option; they actually pass the ball, but. But it's the type of scheme that felt like we needed to uh, get the get it in, practice it, and it's either going to work or it's not. And you know, felt like we were in, in spots to make some plays sometimes, just didn't. But it's also um, when you're wholesale in to what you're going to do that week, um, you know, and it doesn't work. It's it's real it's real difficult to to change things up in the middle of the game. We just saw that uh, the escape act of KJ Jefferson on that. Where he looks like you've got him twice. Yeah. I, <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, it's a tough one. We we let that one get away from us, and so interesting that the first uh, the game began first two series, you get a takeaway and a forced punt that and then a punt and pin on top of that. So the game began in a way that had you, I guess, in a, in a comfortable spot. Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of similarities in the uh, Virginia game, um, you know, last year where it felt like okay, maybe we're playing too much man, um, our guys getting tired. Because uh, as soon as you start playing tired, you play with bad technique, and so okay, let's let's mix in a couple of more zones in there, and it's just um, you know for whatever reason it uh, it just didn't work. And as we watched film, and I mean you can you can go round and round about what should have been done differently, uh, who should have been playing, you know the, this guy. It's, it's the, the bottom line is we got to we got to be better, and it starts starts from the top, and it starts with myself and the coaches, and and uh, whatever the whatever the answer is, we've we've got to find a way. Tempo was a factor in this game, though, right? Uh, they ran it fast. Uh, 50 plays they snapped in the first half. No huddle uh, was the way they wanted to do it. Yeah, te the temp tempo teams, uh, especially with the players that they've got and the execution level that they were they were uh, playing at that day, it just uh, it, it got to us. We chatted about it last week. Um, coming into the game, only the service academies were running it more frequently than Arkansas. Arkansas was averaging a, a large number of rush attempts per game. First half, though, they throw it 28 times, run it 22 times. Were they more throw heavy than you maybe thought they would be coming in? Um, yeah, um, you know, it, it was it was uh, the situations that we felt like um, they were throwing felt like we could get out of those, but we just we just weren't getting any push up front. Um, you know, pro probably a little banged up there, and where we would normally want to want to keep a spy on them, flush them out of there. And, um, and, and get to the quarterback to get him on the move, we weren't getting that. And we were playing with the four-man rush with the spy, which put everybody else on an island, and, mm -hmm. and he, wasn't, he wasn't getting pushed around, uh, or he wasn't moving around back there. And, and so, um, in hindsight, okay, instead of spy him, let's just send all five to make the rush a little bit better um, and hope that he doesn't get out of the pocket. And so, you know, it's just the, the game plan going in just wasn't good, you know, with us. Uh, thinking that we can collapse the pocket and flush him to us to a spy player waiting, uh, he did a great job sitting in the pocket. He was pretty patient, well. wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. So then the scouting report on Jefferson. What did you think you had, and what did he maybe show you that uh, maybe was beyond the scouting report on on Saturday? I I thought that he played exactly how we thought he would. Um, you know, the, it's not. It wasn't timing passes, and it, it wasn't like you're running a curl route and the timing's perfect. It's it's uh, it's it's backyard football sometimes, and I don't mean that in a in a negative way towards the way that they play, but the receivers know to run a certain route, and they they snap it off and find an open space, and that, that's kind of hard because you're not 
you're not covering a curl route anymore. You're covering a curl route that ends up going a little bit longer. That you're that where guys trying to find space inside or outside, and you have to stick on them. And that, and uh, they, they just did a good job with uh, completing those and, and getting in. We didn't get, do a good enough job um, getting pressure on the quarterback or getting them to move around. Where uh, you know the, the way that we rushed the quarterback and the way that we spied him just didn't work. Didn't work on Saturday. We talked about and showed that play where he escapes the sack a couple times. Let's reinforce the fact this is a six foot three. 242-pound quarterback back there. He's a he's an impressive player. Yeah, he's a he's a, he's a big, strong, physical runner, um, and the, his ability to to get away and all the all, all the film that we've seen leading up to it, um, he you could put a highlight together with all the miss sacks that um, that he's he's come away from. And it's hard hard to sack him, hard to tackle him. He's a guy that knows how to get away from get away from uh, tacklers and and make plays downfield. Now, it wasn't as if BYU's out of this game from the get-go, not at all. Uh, BYU led 13-7 after one, leading 21-14 in the second. You found yourselves uh, in a shootout. To when, to when, you even, when you even just hold the team to a field goal, you feel like, okay, we're ahead of the game here. Absolutely, and that was, you know, kind of the thought process. As, as the game went on, felt like our offense was on, was on fire. Our offense was doing their thing, and we were we just needed a stop or two right. stops, and we'd we'd come away with it. But uh, it just it just didn't go that way. BYU had a turnover on downs that led to a short field touchdown by Arkansas, and Coach Pittman looked back. I think maybe even Colony the same way because that, that was kind of a turning point of the game. It, it it was it was a turning point of the game. I don't think it's any fault of uh, of the offense. I felt like we just didn't play well on defense, you know, and and uh, you give that up, and at, at that point in the game, you turn around and you keep playing ball, and you and you find ways to win the game, and we just uh, we just didn't. BYU hoped to control the middle eight because they were going to get the ball back in the second half, the Cougars that is, and Arkansas scores that touchdown in the final minute of the first half, put you down ten. A little bit deflating right there to have them score on you when you figure you could maybe score and then score again in the third. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's uh, you always want to try to try to score last before halftime and get the ball back and score right away. And um, you know we 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 haven't been good in that in that phase and we have to be better. Down 31-21 then at halftime. At the break, BYU had given up 373 yards, including 242 through the air. The third down number was a big one all game, but seven of nine of their third downs in the first half kept drives alive. Yeah, the, the whole game, the third downs was was uh, something. That, I mean, it was, it, it, was, it was an issue this week. It was an issue last week. And so, um, you know, the changes that we've got to make schematically as well as just personnel, personnel based. I mean, we've got to do something different. Um, and we're, we're looking at that and, and things will things will happen differently. You mentioned already that you were a little banged up uh, up front in particular. Does this feel like a typical year injury wise or you feel like you're heavier hit or where are you right now in terms of bodies available that you need to have on the field right now? We're, you know, we're, we're missing guys at, at, at some places, but it's also the guys that are out there. They're 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 battling. They're battling through a lot of different uh, injuries, and and I think that everybody's like that at this point. But um, you know, with where we're at last year and this year, I mean, going 10, 10 weeks in a row without a bye, yeah. it's just, I mean, that's it's it's tough to ask a, ask your team to do it. But we're we got a couple more games before the bye bye actually hits, and um, we've got a. You know, next year and the following year, when you look back at the record, nobody's really going to remember or care about where your buys were. They just look at win losses, and so we've got to find ways to win. Uh, before our break, what was your halftime reset mindset uh, on Saturday when you saw what had happened and hope, hoped to get something done in the second half? You know, it was, it was really about just trying to stay fresh. We, had, we felt like we were drooping off tackles, that uh, guys weren't playing confidently because they, we, they were exhausted. And so uh, trying to get fresher bodies in there. I mean, you, you saw uh, up from the box, right, sometimes it looked like a hockey lineup. And, yeah. and it's not the first time that it's happened. It happens uh, throughout, throughout the year. But 
um, you know, trying to keep fresh bodies in there. Then all of a sudden, another guy's down, then another guy's down, and it's it's uh, you're going deep into your into your depth chart, and you're seeing numbers and and players play that uh, that that weren't playing at the beginning of the year or, or were on the scout team earlier in the week. All right, more with Coach E is coming up. It is time for a short break for us and a reminder that BYU football with Kalani Sitake airs tomorrow night and every Tuesday night, 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time. You can watch it on the BYU TV app, hear it on the BYU radio app, live studio audience for the show. If you're on my Twitter feed today, you'll see the seat request link, and you can join us over in studio C across the hall tomorrow night. Coming up next, a back-and-forth battle in the second half goes the way of the Razorbacks. Plus, we'll get some players of the week as the coordinator's corner continues. We're brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. More with Coach E after this. off to Sanders. Patient run for Raheem Sanders and the pile pushes to the 50. It'll be a gain of five third down and five coming up. The ball came loose. BYU signals football and the Cougars have it on the turnover. Keenan Peely on the takeaway. An early in the game takeaway for the Cougs. BYU falls to four and three on the season after that loss to Arkansas on Saturday. Back-to-back setbacks for BYU now. They go on the road to play at Liberty this weekend. Well, coordinator's corner continues now. BYU defensive coordinator and D-tackles coach Eli Satuiaki with me. Um, it was an outlier game, clearly. Uh, you already mentioned right off the top, only the second game allowing 50 or more in the Kalani Sitake era. But that first one, BYU wins at 55-53 back in 2016, and you were in the same kind of shootout on Saturday. It's 38-35 in the third quarter, so it is still back and forth. BYU was right there despite allowing a lot of yards and points. Yeah, uh, you know, we're, we're hoping that uh hoping that uh, things would start to click, and, and, uh, but uh, they just never did. I mean, I, I really felt like, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter, uh, we were, our, our confidence was completely shot. It just it really didn't matter um, what we did, and, and uh, you know, it was our job as coaches to try to inspire them to be better. It, it, you know, there just, there's so many different things going on, and, and it, uh, you know, from the top all the way down, it's the, the checks that we're asking them to make, you know, the missed checks that they were making, just, um, that's that's got to come back on myself and, and us as coaches that, um, you know, if, uh, if, if they weren't playing confidently, something needed to change and it just didn't. Mm. Uh, before I get back into the game, what do you what kind of message do you think is most important for the guys to hear when you do get together on a day like today to kind of set the plan for the week? You know, um, <clears throat> it, it's time time to get that back. I mean, it, you know, you can't play you can't play with any kind of fear or doubt and and uh, be confident and have faith at the same time. I mean, those those two things don't don't exist. They can't exist at the same time. And so we've got to have more faith in in each other. We have to more have more faith in in what we're doing and what we're asking to do. And and uh, you know whatever role you know obviously when you when you have games like that from top to bottom there you've got to look at uh, who's doing what. Uh, what what role are you asked to do? Are 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 you going to change your role? Um, you know our players are always scrutinized for the way that they play and, and changes are made. And so for us as coaches, we got to look at it as well and just figure out um, the, do roles need to change and are we on board? You know. And so that's for us. It's about it's about the team. It's always got to be about the team. It's always got to be about what's best for the boys and for the fan base. You know. Um, uh, us as coaches, you know, we're do, doing our best, trying to figure things out, and and we argue all the time about what we should or shouldn't do. And after it's all done, we leave the room, speaking the same language and, and pushing the same direction. And we, and that direction is Galani's Galani's vision's direction. So, 
Um, it's, it's not going to be any different this time. You know, the, we're going to ask some players to change their roles. We're going to ask some coaches to change their roles, and, and we have to go about it for the rest of the season. And I think we can still have a great season, right? I mean, if we come out of this thing with, with uh, more, more wins, you know, uh, finish the season really with a lot of wins, I think we're, now we're looking at a, uh, you know, could possibly, if you win the rest of them, you won't walk away with 10 of them, 10 and 3. Mm-hmm. You, you know, if you drop one more, which you don't plan to, you're walking away for, with a, with a 9 and 4 record. And, um, you know, there, there's still a lot of bright spots to, that, that uh, you can look at as a team. You know, obviously, the plan going in was to try to win all of them, and that's still going to be the plan. Um, but we've got to find a way to do it, and it's got to start with us as coaches to buy into whatever role that we're, we've got. You know, we've got to be loyal to the program, true and strong, just like the song says. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you fight day and night, uh, you know, rain or snow, and it's right now it's, it's raining and it's storming, you know, for us on defense, and we've got to fight through it. And we've got to find a way to do it, and everybody's got to buy in and, and get behind and push. And that's, that's the plan moving forward. Kalani was an offensive player here at BYU. He's coached offense in the past, but he's been a defensive coach for such a long time now. How is it to have a head coach that is a defensive mind, and how close does that keep you guys during the season in formulating game plans and making changes like you talk about when they have to be made? Uh, always involved, always involved. Um, you know, obviously my job is to make him happy. <laughs> and so every, every one of us, all the coaches, our job is to make the head coach happy. And obviously when we're winning, he's happy. And, and uh, when we're not, then he's unhappy. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, he's got to step in because it's his name on the line. When all this is done, said and done, Galani has a head coach's record. And I don't, you know, I walk away and I'm still 0-0 as a coordinator and so all the other coordinators and coaches. And so whatever he feels we need to do in order for us to be better, we've got to do it. And, and uh, you know, we spoke after the game and I encouraged him. I was like, I told him, whatever you need to do, we need to do it. We need to do whatever your vision is and, and, and I've got your back and we move forward and we'll roll. And so if his vision is for me to clean toilets every single day and, and it's going to make us win games, then you'll see me in there giving my best efforts in whatever the smallest task is. And so we've, we've just got to have that, that attitude and that effort to move forward. And I think that that's, that's where we're at right now. I want to dip back into the game a bit for a couple of things before you look ahead. And, and um, there were three different Arkansas players who had 10-plus carries on the day. Raheem Sanders was the star. Uh, 15 for 175, two touchdowns, uh, 12 yards per carry. Just, uh, I, mean, I mean, you see a lot of good running backs in the SEC, and he's the latest. He's just a solid player. I thought he was a patient runner and explosive when he, when he got in space. Yeah, he's, he's big. I mean, he's big and physical, and, and what you're talking about is exactly right. The, the longest run of the night that we gave, which, which was this one right here, I mean, we're, we're fitted up wrong in, in, our, in our run fits. We're missing tackles at, the, at certain spots, and, and uh, you know, you give a team and a running back like this that much space then, and miss tackles, he's, he's going he's gonna to make you pay. BYU's third down number on the year. We hit it earlier, but uh, BYU ranks 123rd right now on, on third down defense. Is there a common thread? that is kind of you're noticing in, in third downs? Is it down in distance? Is it longer, shorter? What are you seeing that's kind of that's maybe the biggest problem getting off the field? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's really we've got we've to uh, completely just put a different package together. I mean, what we've, what we've uh, asked the players may not be the best thing that they're good at or, or uh, whatever the case is, but their opportunities are there, um, and we've got to make that, we've got to take advantage of them when, when, they, when they show up, but um, something's got to change, right? And that's, that's what we've talked about is something 
Something's got to change. Uh, change sometimes is uncomfortable for everybody, but um, you know, looking at looking at third down packages, that's that's got to be scrutinized. What's being called's got to be scrutinized. Who's playing's got to be scrutinized. And so, um, we got to find a way. And we're at a point right now where we're in the middle of the season. There's there's still a lot to salvage and a lot a lot of ball to be played. And I think that we can uh, come away with a successful season if we can fix these things. And and uh, everything is up for discussion on the table. And mm. and I think that's what that's what we need to do. Uh, a couple personnel notes, if, if you can share any light on it. Uh, Malik Moore has been out for a little bit at safety, and you hope to get him back here in the, in the coming weeks? Hopefully. Um, I, I think it's still probably a couple of weeks away, but okay. we'll see how, how he's doing with that. Blake Mangelson's got to be getting close, we think. We're hoping we can get him this week, but uh, we'll probably find out tomorrow. Uh, if he can practice tomorrow and, and Wednesday, then we'll get him back, because obviously we leave Thursday. But um, if, if he's not practicing at a high level, then, then we'll probably wait on him one more week. And we saw Peyton Wilgar go out in the game on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a tough one to lose. We'll, we'll evaluate and see where he's at. Um, but, uh, you know, if his injury is a little bit more serious, then we probably probably gain, gain him in a couple weeks, and hopefully he can come back and play this week. It's never always going to be all about sacks. Sacks is a number that people gravitate to. But in terms of pressure or havoc or disruption, sacks, TFLs, where do you want to be? How can you get there? It's, it's about, to, to, to me, it's about takeaways. And, um, and you have seven takeaways in seven games, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. In, answer, in answer your question, yeah, we, we got, got some takeaways, need more. But to me, those, those opportunities, when you're talking about um, the analytics and statistics and where do those happen the most, those happen in dropback passes. And in dropback passes, we're not disruptive enough. We're not, we're not getting enough. And so um, sack, strip fumbles, and interceptions, um, those those are 75% of takeaways, um, mm -hmm. and so we've got to in in the situations where we know passes come in, or um, you know we've got to do something different. And so we'll look at that and and uh, and and just change it up. Okay, let's get to our players of the week. Uh, defensively, you ID'd uh, Tyler Batty for his work against Arkansas. Yeah, you know it's, it was <laughs> uh, it was difficult watching the film. It was it was as painful um, watching it as it was in the middle of the game, but. Um, that, I thought that he was the bright spot. I mean, there was, so, there was a lot of great effort being, being given in a bunch of different places, especially by guys that you know are banged up. But um, he, was a, he, was a, he was a guy that really stuck out in the way that he played. I mean, just physical and, and alive. And, and uh, I mean, he, he, looked, he looked like he belonged. And because of where you're playing him, whether he's spy or otherwise, you got him sometimes standing up looking like a linebacker. He's pretty versatile that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think the more that we can do for him by, by way of keeping him versatile, the, the better it will be for his future. All right, let's take a break. And as we do so, we'll remind you that dinner after the game at JCW's includes something for everybody, from burgers to wings, shakes to salads, JCW's quality, and a lot of it in Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, South Jordan, and Harriman. Well, this weekend, BYU visits the Liberty Flames in Lynchburg, Virginia. Tune in for Cougar pregame live on BYU Radio, starting at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 11.30 a.m. Mountain, this upcoming Saturday. Coming up next, closing comments with BYU's defensive coordinator, Eli Satuiaki. The coordinator's corner continues right after this. We're brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Stay with us. Jaron takes the snap at his midsection. Quick fire to the far side. Caught by Epps. 12, 10, 5. Into the end zone. Touchdown! Cody Epps! Five consecutive games with a score. 
You are in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's, the Burger Boys. We're visiting with BYU defensive coordinator Eli Satuiaki, 4-3 BYU, visiting 6-1 Liberty this Saturday at Williams Stadium in Lynchburg, Virginia. This past weekend at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, a beautiful sunny Saturday afternoon and a sold-out crowd uh, for BYU in Arkansas, a whiteout, a great crowd support, and it has been that way all season for BYU. Yeah. I, I, I mean, the crowd... Everywhere we go, no matter where we play, is awesome. And obviously, home games are, are special. Um, and uh, it, it was sitting in the box, looking down. It was, it was, uh, it was awesome. You got down on the field afterward. Uh, usually, you, you get down to the field level when the game ends. Yeah, you know, I came down uh, to the field, and obviously, there's, uh, you know, emotions are emotions are high for everybody. And um, you know, there's a gentleman sitting in the in the south uh, south end zone, just right right over the goalpost that he and I had an exchange and. Um, and you know, I just thought that was uh, unbecoming, and so I uh, wanted to apologize to that gentleman. If you if you watch Coordinator's Corner, uh, you, what you said was correct. I've got to be better, and so we'll go out there and we'll fix what we need to, and and uh, we'll we'll be better. Okay, look to put a fix in against uh, Liberty this weekend. What do you think about uh, the Liberty Flames? They're a six and one team on the year. They're scoring around 30 points a game. Uh, quarterback question marks. Maybe talk a bit about that. What do you see from Liberty? Yeah, well coached team. You know, obviously we played them when when Hugh came down here a couple of years ago, and um, they've won a lot of games in the last couple of years. And and uh, they've got good players. They've got uh, dynamic receivers. They've got a good, you know the quarterbacks. That all the quarterbacks that they've shown. I think that they're a lot. They're they're all different. And so who plays quarterback this? week is going to be uh, huge for us game planning. We've got to prepare for all of them. And again, you could be seeing Charlie Brewer. Uh, last year when Utah came to visit BYU and the Cougs won, Charlie Brewer was the starting quarterback that day. He's since transferred to Liberty and he uh, suffered a, an, a broken bone in his hand season opener. Yeah. And I think he's close. This could be the week that he gets back. Yeah, we're hearing that he's supposed to be back. Um, you know, obviously he's he's different. He's a dynamic thrower and, and uh, he, he you know, a lot, a lot of problems with him, and so we've got to prep for both quarterbacks. But Bentley Hanshaw, who's one of our guys, is there now playing, and and he's having a good, good experience, and and uh, we'll see him as well on Saturday. Son of former Cougar offensive lineman Tim Hanshaw out there. All right, last thing for you then, if you could describe what you hope this team's defensive mentality and mindset is heading down the stretch, what would it be? We need, we need to get back on, on, uh, you know, we need to get back to who we were, which we were playing confidently. Um, we were we were making plays. We were making people earn it, um, and we've just got to get back to that. And, and uh, whatever whatever it's going to take, as we go behind closed doors and and game plan and and work through things, uh, we're going to get back to that. And that's the plan. And you know the players want it. You know the fans want it. We do as well as coaches. And so we're going to get it done. All right, E, we'll see you back here in a couple weeks. Thank you. All right, thanks. All right, folks, you can get expanded pregame coverage of BYU's game against Liberty this Saturday. It's BYU Sports Nation game day, 1.30 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV. Coming up next, we'll hear from BYU's offensive coordinator, Aaron Roderick. This is the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Back with A-Rod right after this. You are in the coordinator's corner. Brought to you by JCW's, the Burger Boys. BYU now 4-3 and three on the season after Saturday's 52-35 home loss to Arkansas in the first ever meeting between these two programs. They'll meet again next season in Fayetteville. We begin the second half of today's show with BYU's offensive coordinator and QB coach Aaron Roderick. Coach A-Rod, good to have you back in. Good to be here. 
All right, how do you summarize what went down on Saturday? Uh, I thought we played well on offense for most of the game. Um, had a couple of critical errors that were costly, but uh, we did a lot of good things as well that gave us a chance to be in it. And the thing I was most pleased with was just the physicality we played with. That's an SEC defense. Mm that uh, really they got zero sacks against us as a you know a top 10 team in the nation in sacks. And uh, we were physical in the run game, I thought, especially in that third quarter, we got the run game going and we were, we were controlling the line of scrimmage. And you were down some weapons going in. Uh, Gunnar Romney, Miles Davis, Lopini Katoa. Those were three pretty important players to your offense and you had to go elsewhere. Yeah, Chris Brooks played a solid game and uh, Mason Fakahua stepped up and did some good things for us as well. But yeah, it was, it was a little, little worrisome there running back. We had three running backs dressed. I've never had that few, uh, three, three running backs dressed for the game. So that's why we used Puka a little bit. And, uh, and you know, last year, a huge part of our run game was Jaron. And this year we've sort of, we've been a little more cautious with that. And then with Jaron just dealing with a little, you know, a little banged up right now, that's not really an option right now to use him in the run game. So, yeah. um, you know, most of his yards are just going to come when he scrambles or maybe a quarterback sneak. Yeah, more about that in a second. But yeah, you. Um, so the running backs would have been Brooks, Fakahua, and Ropati then on, yeah. on Saturday. Yeah, that was those, it for those you. Are the only three that dressed. Yeah. yeah. For those curious, because we haven't talked about him for a while, Jackson McChesney is not a factor right now for you. Yeah, he's out for the season. I don't, I don't know if that's been stated, but he's he's out, and uh, which is dis it's it's disappointing because he's a really good player and um, he's a physical runner, which is something that we we could really use against these you know these power five opponents. You, yeah. you need someone that can break tackles and and. Um, so we miss him. So Jaron being a little banged up, you talked about, but was there already a plan to dial it back uh, in the run game for him going in this, this year? Yeah, that was, that we were planning to dial it back a little bit, but you know, I, it's nice to have those moments where you don't know if he's going to pull it and run or not. And, and um, we're, we're so, that is definitely uh, something we're missing, but I, I am pleased with how we ran the ball though. I mean, we, we, we were efficient running the ball and you know, the, the, First two drives of the third quarter, we went 10 plays, mm -hmm. uh, 75 yards, two, two possessions in a row, mostly running the ball and eating up some clock. I think we ate about five minutes each of those drives. You know, I was trying to help our defense get some rest and, and control, the, control the game a little bit. Both of those drives cut the score to three. You know, I thought we were right there. Yeah. In it, and I was really pleased with the way we ran the ball in those, those two possessions. Back to Jaron for a sec. He did uh, complete a, well, he had a new season high, a new career high in single game passing yardage uh, and, and was just different than he was the week before in Las Vegas. How would yeah. you contrast the two outings and how ready he was to play? Much better. And he practiced all week last week and he's still dealing with a little bit of pain, but there is no damage to, to you know, to the injury um, has been MRI'd and there's no damage there. He's just dealing with a little bit of pain, but uh, the practice reps really showed. I thought he played very well. You know, made made one mistake um, that uh, you know that they made a great play. But I thought he played a really really solid game and gave us a good chance to win. Number that jumps out from Saturday uh, had to be um, after only two giveaways in six games. You have three in, in in the one game. Yeah, and you know the the fourth and one was obviously that's a play that stands out. We we would love to have that play back. You know, if you throw the ball 41 times and throw one interception, that's not gonna that's not gonna always kill you. I mean, that, we don't want to throw interceptions, but when you put the ball in the air 41 times, there's a good chance that one of them is gonna end up in the other team's hands. And then I thought the last turnover was really inconsequential. We were we were just doing everything we can to stay in the game. Puka was fighting for extra yards, and and um, I'm not gonna we're not gonna beat ourselves up about that one. We're just gonna move on and and 
keep playing what we doing what we do. Yeah, less impactful than what came earlier, certainly. Yeah. Um, interesting that the game itself began with a, a rarity uh, these days. A team wins a toss and elects to receive the kickoff, yeah. which you almost never see happen. Yeah, you don't see that very often, and you know, good for them having that confidence to do it. And within a few plays, you got the ball away. Yeah, and that's that's the irony of it. We got a, we got we got the ball back, and um, that was our only. Uh, three and out, three and I think out. of the first half, yeah. or maybe of the game. I'm not. I think it was for sure of the first half. Uh, and I even thought that when I was, I liked what we did on that series. We our third down play. I thought we we should have got a PI call there to Puka, and we didn't get it. Um, but after that, we got rolling and and started scoring some points. It was a good first half. Yeah, it was three consecutive TD drives after that three and out on the Arkansas side of the field. And the first drive in particular features a, a tremendous. I mean, we may see it again here. A tremendous sideline grab from Puka Nakua. When it yeah. happens live. I think he's out of bounds. And then you, you realize, oh, my gosh, you got both his, you got both yeah, his toes down. He made a great catch. And um, he was really not uh, the, the main target on that play. But uh, he got press coverage. And, and uh, the coverage just dictated that that's where Jerry needed to go. We'll get a great view of it here. Yeah. yeah unbelievable throw oh. and catch. I mean, that's a, that's a dime of a throw and a great job keeping his feet in bounds. All right, how can you, um, you can't overstate the value of having Puka Nakua back and in your lineup and more or less at full strength. Yeah, he changes everything. Um, the jet sweep game alone, I mean, it just, the threat of giving him the jet sweep opens up the inside runs so much more. Uh, and he is such a dynamic playmaker that, you know, it, it changes our play action pass as well. When you have to honor him on a jet sweep, Plus the hand, you know, the ability to hand it off to the back, and then we can still throw the ball down the field. And then, you know, it's it's just uh, he's he's a great player. You mentioned a minute ago uh, wishing you'd gotten a PI call on that first drive. You got a few though. Arkansas, Arkansas's defensive backs we were were they, they, you were tough to deal with for them. We did, and and that's you know that's by design. We're, we coach our guys to compete for the ball. There's technique involved in in that where you're you're using. Uh, the proper technique that Fessy coaches to give yourself the best chance to make the play, but if not, you put yourself in a position where we're either, we're either going to come down with the ball or we're going to draw the pass interference. And uh, there's there's technique and coaching involved in that, and so that is by design. So I'm not we didn't get the one, so I'm not going to complain because we got some other ones where right. our guys were doing it right, and and those were the correct calls because we were we were using the right technique. I want to hit Cody Epps. He was your offensive player of the week each of the last two weeks, I think, coming in. And could have uh, been again. And could have been again. He, he graded over 90% again. Yeah, he gets. Yeah. it seems to get better every week. Um, he scores the TD late in the first. He's got six touchdowns on the season, and they've all come in the last five games. He's scored in five straight games. Yeah, he, he's a very productive player, uh, just does everything right. Um, it's, it's a really fun guy to coach because he makes the game look so easy. We're going to see Cody's stats come up on the board. And again, um, we call him a veteran freshman. He's been around a while, but still eligibility-wise, he's, he's in a freshman season right now, which means you've got years of Cody Epps. And that's a tantalizing thought, actually. Yeah, I mean, he just gets better every game. And uh, his feel for the game, his feel for space. And then what I'm impressed with is the contested catches he makes. He's not the biggest guy on the field at all. We, we have some big receivers. But he plays as physical as anyone with, you know, hanging onto the ball and, you know, in traffic and has no fear of going over the middle. What's your philosophy, personal philosophy on, on receivers and size since you bring it up? 
Well, it's an intentional thing. We've recruited big receivers on purpose. We want big targets. We want guys that are, you know, physical and, and uh, have great range. You know, we, you don't always have – they're open when they're not open. You know, if you, if you use the kind of techniques that we, that we teach, a big receiver can be open even when he's not. But there's always a place for someone that either has great speed or, like in Cody's case, uh, just such great feel for the game. He knows how to get open. He knows how to um, – you know, just navigate space on the field, and he's tough. You know, so he, there's, there's, you know, we'll take any great football player, mm. uh, and and so we'll make exceptions if it, if they fit the right criteria. Got it. After the uh, Epps TD, uh, there was a missed PAT, um, and the t- kicking game is kind of up and down for BYU right now. So how much, if they are, uh, the kicking issues affecting maybe your play calling decisions when you get around the 40, and it's time to think about that kind of thing, or are you are you considering um, it right now? Honestly, it is a factor. Yes, we are. We're playing for touchdowns, and that's one thing I was pleased with Saturday. We we had three red zone appearances and got three touchdowns. Um, you know, it was one of the only positives of the Notre Dame game was when we got down there, we scored a touchdown, and so um, we are being aggressive for sure in in that area of the field and and uh, trying not to. You know, and it, again, we're not it's not not about blaming anyone. It's it. just about yeah. it's just about playing through what our deficiencies have been so far this season. Okay. Uh, this this was a, a shootout and it was back and forth and yeah. there was a there was a turning point that was unusual in the second quarter because it comes on a fourth and one at your own thirty five and the more interesting thing is it was already it had been ruled a first down right didn't yeah. didn't they take a look at it during the break and overturn it, the measure had, yeah and I you know I, I don't know it was a close call it was a close call I think I, I thought Jaron got it but they called a short and so it was an unfortunate turn of events there that was a disappointing play for okay, sure. Okay, so it's fourth and inches at your own 35, but I know how you call plays. Like, yeah. It wouldn't have been the craziest thing to go for it on fourth and inches right. from your own 35, but what was the real plan there? Well, we thought they would jump. We had a play. Uh, it's actually no play at all. We're just going to – we were going to motion Puka across, and as he crosses the center, we're, we're going to say set hut and, and our, say our cadence right there and see if they jump, and then we're going to call timeout and decide what to do after that. Uh, or, you know, we can check to another play, but most likely would we would have called timeout and then talked about, okay, mm. how are we going to get this foot? But uh, we were we were certain they were going to jump, get the penalty, you know. and Move uh, it that way. Yeah, and yep. we, we had a little confusion apparently. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I'll, I'll be, I'm going to be talking to Joe later today. I mean, we've talked already, but we're going to talk more later. Because Connor and Joe were both playing Saturday, yeah, weren't they? Yeah, Joe played center Saturday, and uh, it's unfortunate. That was He played a very good game, and that was the one mistake he made. And, you know, when you play center and you have one of those mistakes, everybody in the stadium sees it, and everybody talks mm-hmm. about it all weekend. And uh, it definitely overshadows what a good game he played otherwise. Um, but, you know, we it's it's – it's our responsibility as coaches. It's it's uh, it, it didn't go the way it was planned, so I'll I'll take the heat for it. So in tennis terms, Arkansas breaks serve there as it was back and forth, and and they score, and then the chance to own the middle eight um, goes away on a pick right before halftime. They score off that as well. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> that was a double move play to Puka. We had been setting this up for, really for weeks. Uh, thought it was there, but they the guy got his hands on Puka a little bit, and Jaron probably should have just gotten off of it and gone gone backside to to the dig um they made a good play there and but you know I, I i still don't think i don't think the game hung on this play necessarily i mean we had 41 pass attempts again if you you throw one pick in 41 attempts that's that's not awful um and we were we were still in that game in the yeah. deep in the third quarter you know cut it to three twice i i i have a hard time just putting the game on 
one snap or one play. You got to you got to look at the whole thing in totality, and uh, we got to just fix our deficiencies and then keep building on the things we're doing well. BYU was down 10 at the break, but got the ball to begin the second half and scored right away. And we'll head yeah. to break with a reminder to watch after further review tomorrow at 7 Eastern time on the BYU TV app. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon breaking it down for you. When we come back, we'll get into that second half and get an Offensive Player of the Week from Offensive Coordinator Aaron Roderick. As the Coordinator's Corner continues, we're brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. We're back with Coach A-Rod right after this. Coordinator's Corner chatting with BYU's offensive coordinator and QB coach Aaron Roderick. Cougs now 4-3 and three on the year after Saturday's home set back to Arkansas. BYU at 6-1 and one, Liberty this Saturday. Uh, you were down 31-21 at the break, but you got the ball to open the second half Saturday. Touchdown. Uh, first of back-to-back -to -back touchdown drives, uh, and they were Puka's second and third touchdowns of the day. Uh, he's, he had, as you saw, he had one through the air, but he's a jet sweep guy for you now. Yeah. He's, he's, he, I think you told yeah. me earlier in the year, maybe the best like fly sweeper you've, you've, you've coached. Best I've ever coached. He's, um, last season, he was over 14 yards per jet sweep. And so we, you know, in the off season, we were like, well, we need to get it to him even more. And then the first play of this season, he goes, what, a, six, 75. 70, 75 yards. And then, uh, so now that we've got him back. It's going to be a part of every game plan. I mean, I, the other teams are going to know that that's what we do. We have a lot of good plays off of that where he he can run it or we can fake it to him and do other things with the ball but he's such a threat um, why is he so good at it I, he just has a knack for it I mean he's physical he's hard to tackle he can make you miss or break tackles and then he has a great feel for um, how to set up his blocks and it was funny that the touchdown highlight we showed, showed coming out of the break, it's actually his first touchdown catch of the year. We're seven games in. He missed a couple, too, but he'd been scoring so many times on the ground for you. Yeah, that's surprising. But, um, you know, we got him the ball 14 times Saturday, and that should be, now that he's healthy and practicing all the time, you know, that's, that should be more of that to come. And he's good to go. Uh, we mentioned earlier how you didn't have Gunner. Do you hope to have Gunner back this week? Hope to, yeah. I think there's a good chance we'll have him back. We should be pretty close to full strength this week. Including your running backs that we didn't have yeah, this past I'm week? I'm expecting to get Miles and Peeney back. Um, it's not 100% sure yet, but I, I expect them both to play. The Arkansas game was so crazy. Um, it felt like, in a lot of ways, like a lot of SEC games you see in, in league when they play uh, high scoring, and any punt feels like you're losing ground at that point. Yeah, it does. Um, there was, you know, and I, I was proud of our team, the way we competed. I thought we were... We were hanging in there deep, deep into the third. Those, those two drives in that third quarter were, you know, I'm really proud of how our team, how we ran the ball. We went physically, you know, toe-to-toe -to -toe with an SEC team and marched the ball down the field. Ten plays, 75 yards, five minutes off the clock, cut the score to three, then did it again, mostly running the ball again. Ten more plays, 75 more yards. I think that one was more like four minutes off the clock, but burned some, you know, ate up some good time there keeping the game right there within striking distance. And um, I thought that, that was a real highlight of the day for me with our with our players. Everybody wants to relate what we're seeing to what's going to happen in the Big 12. But let's just maybe talk about it a little bit this way. You've played uh, Baylor, Oregon, Notre Dame, Arkansas, four yeah. P5 programs. How do you feel? You've gone through these games now. You've called them. You've seen them every which way that BYU's matched up and can, we'll, we'll hope to be able to continue to match up with these kinds of programs. 
Well, I think it's, you know, it is, it is uh, you know, let's be real. I mean, th these are tough games, and we, we could have won all four of them. And we could have we gone 0-4 in that set, too. So we're 1-3 in those four games. Um, a couple, we're a couple plays away from being 2-2, two and two, and then you could make an argument that we could be 4-0 and 0-4, and, and, and that's how, that's how Power 5 conferences are. I mean, that's my years in the Pac-12, it's that way. I think the Big 12 will be no different every week. There's, not, there's no easy game. There's, nothing, there's no gimmies. And you have to come ready to play every every game. And I think the other thing that shows up is just the physicality of those games. Um, that becomes a grind when you go nine straight weeks of that. And you have to be physically ready, ready for that. Whether it's nine straight games in league or, in this case, ten straight weeks of football before a bye, these are the kind of things that you're yeah. having to go through right now. Yeah, and it's good. this is a good, uh, you know, good experience for us to prepare us for that time. Jaron Hall took a latest hit on his throwing shoulder, saw him stretching it out in the second half. How is he doing right now? He said structurally go okay. Yeah, I think he's, I think everything I know, he's, he's fine. And, and uh, he practiced a lot more last week than the week before the Notre Dame game. He didn't really practice at all. <laughs> and um, that was the first time in my career I've ever played a quarterback who didn't take any reps. Um, this week he took, he took a full week's worth of reps, and I thought he played like it on Saturday. He made some really big-time throws in that game. Uh, did some did some great things, and then you know I expect him to take another step forward this week. Are there coaches who have a rule that if you don't do this, you can't play? And are you one of those coaches yeah, that kind of had to break I'm the rule? Usually, I mean, they, I'm usually one of those. I, I believe even the best players need to practice to play well. And you know, even as great as Puka is or Gunner, you know, they come back and they're a little rusty the first game. It takes them a minute to get going again. You know, I think even the best players who have played a lot of football need to practice. And um, you know, in that, that one case, we, we stuck with Jaron. He's just earned our trust and done so many great things for our program. But um, he definitely played better this week with practice reps. And it showed, and, and uh, I expect him to have a full week this week. You've already underscored how, how, how well the offensive line played and yeah. how proud you were of the way they ran it against an SEC program in Arkansas. And you've gone to the O-line for your players of the game this week on offense. Yeah, Kingsley and Clark Barrington. Uh, Gave them co-players of the game. You know, Clark's one of those guys that just quietly goes about his business, and he plays plays well every week. And then Kingsley, I can say, has gotten better in every single game this year. He's taken a step forward every week, and this week was the best game he's played yet. And uh, he just has so much upside, and he's so physical. And uh, really proud of both those guys how they played Saturday. Arkansas head coach Sam Pittman brought up Kingsley during the week because when Sam Pittman was the O-line coach at Georgia, he was recruiting Kingsley to come to Georgia. Yeah, Kingsley was a highly recruited guy, and the more he plays, the more he looks like that guy that everybody, that everybody wanted. All right, time for a break. We'll come back with some closing comments from the coach and a look ahead to BYU and Liberty with Coach Aaron Roderick. As we break, we remind you that for your daily Cougar sports play-by-play, -play, you should tune in weekdays to BYU Sports Nation at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. You're in the Coordinator's Corner. We're brought to you by JCW's. More with Coach Aaron Roderick and a look ahead to BYU and Liberty is coming up right after this. Stay with us. Coordinator's Corner on BYU TV is brought to you by JCW's, The Burger Boys, Built Bar, Fuel the Journey, and by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Here in the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys, visiting with BYU's offensive coordinator and QB coach Aaron Roderick. This Saturday, it's BYU and Liberty. Uh, Flames 6-1 after a weekend comeback win over their FCS opponent, Gardner-Webb. Uh, you're really careful with the football. 
and they lead the nation in takeaways. Yeah, they are very good defense. Um, like you mentioned, six and one. They take the ball away, and um, they're very good on third down. Excellent third down they're, defensive they're, team. Uh, I saw their their average third down is nine 9.1 yards or something like that. They're, so they're, what that tells me is they're stopping the run on first and second down, and they're getting people into third and long. And uh, so they're very good on, on defense, very physical front seven, and good length in the secondary. So it's going to be yeah. a, fun, it's a fun challenge. Good team pass efficiency defense as well, pretty well-rounded. Yeah. But how good are they uh, based on quality of opponent? Let's say you played the tougher schedule, certainly. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the fun part about college football is, it, you know, there's so much variety in who you play. And so um, you're trying to, you know, make comparisons and, and those things. And all we can do is look at the film, see what they do scheme-wise, try to, try to uh, you know, find, hopefully we can find some weaknesses. There, there aren't, aren't a lot of them. And then we'll figure out a good game plan to go, go give them a good game. You know they'll be pumped for this, having a team like BYU yeah, come to their place. I've heard it's sold out. Um, I know it's a big deal. Um, one of our coaches knows a guy there and said that this is a really big deal and it's going to be uh, it's going to be quite a weekend. Looking forward to the environment. Well, good yeah. luck in the prep and the best of luck on the weekend. And we'll see you back here next week, Coach. Thanks, Greg. All right, that is Coach Aaron Roderick, and that'll do it for our Week Eight edition of the Coordinators Corner. It is BYU and Liberty Saturday, 3:30 Eastern, 1:30 Mountain, with 11:30 a.m. Mountain Time pregame on radio and TV, BYU Radio and BYU TV. All right, that'll do it. For coaches Tuiaki and Roderick, my name is Greg Rubel. Thank you for tuning in to the Coordinator's Corner. We'll, we'll talk to you next Monday. Have a great week and go Cougs.